This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The facts that will be presented are true. Scientists representing the world's foremost research centers took part in the examination of the evidence. Chad. And together we're a pair of normal guys. guys. You don't have to pause. I'll just jump in. I don't know about the lag. Oh, there's no lag. Not on my end. I got, I the, best, I got the best internet. I, I don't the think there is on mine either, but it seems like if we talk at the same time, it kind of gets confused. I don't know. I'm just saying that. I saw it on an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. So. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. He's like, I got the best Wi-Fi. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's been going on for just the past week, Chad? The past week? Uh, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, we can't say the past couple weeks now. Well, I'm trying to avoid the regular news. Yes. Just, you know, depressing. Good and, advice. Yes. Uh, working, had IV therapy this week. Uh, if you hear any weird noises in the background, it's the dogs. They're shuffling around, shaking their I ear. thought you had like belly dancers or something. No, we wish. Uh, but because COVID, they do wear masks, though. It'd probably they be do. okay. That's right. Uh, that's it, man. Nothing. Just trying to regular old week doctor stuff and trying to sort out doctor's appointments and working. True that. Good stuff. Right. <laughs> right. And yourself. Um, not a lot. Uh, I've been doing some stuff on the computer that we'll have to uh, talk about later. Okay. Or but, do we have to talk about it, or do we have to take the hard drive and dump it in the river? Well, <laughs> I, just, I just want to make sure. I mean, I, mean, accomplice, <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know why we're doing it, but I'll, I'll, I'll help you. Right. The the le- the less you know, the better. That's right means I'm not really involved. I was just helping out a friend. All I could say is it involves the dark web. Ooh. No. no. <laughs> Do those dark web box openings. I don't, it's a bag. It's got... Is that human hair? Is there a tooth? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've watched those dark web. I ordered a box off the dark web opening videos. or garbage. Huh. There'll be like an iPad in there. I'm scared to turn on this iPad. What could what could be on it? That's that's the beginning of a horror movie, like Blair Witch or some crap. It is, but here's my question. What stops somebody from just having a taping up a box, even if they mail it locally to themselves and blocking out all the this is where it came from and came to stuff and just saying, 
I bought this box off the dark web and here's all the horrible things are in it. They've got like a bag of mayonnaise. Well, hell you're, you're going too far into it. I mean, why even mail it? I mean, you could, you could print out something that looks like a mailing label and just slap it on a box and tape it up and go, look, I got this in the mail. I know, but you know, I'm just saying (laughs) if somebody went to that kind of degree of detail to try and BS somebody and they're thinking they're getting dark web product, a baggie of mayonnaise, huh? Yeah, just I mean, it's what it, it's, it looks like. It looks like they took, um, it's just a like be a a bag, you know, tied up like you see those little bags of cocaine in movies, where it's just like you know round on the end, yes. little nugget, and then it'll just look like they put some mayonnaise and maybe some syrup in there, some blood colored stuff, and they're like, I it's don't a, even know what this is. It's a bag of pus, and then they open it up and they're like, oh, oh, oh my god, this smells terrible, and it just. Yeah, just watch some of the videos. Uh, I'll leave that to you, sir. Well, you know, I watch a little bit of everything. The dark web scares me. Uh, it's not on the dark web. It's on regular YouTube. Whatever. Yeah. Duck, duck, goose. Duck, duck, go if you want unedited news. That's right. Duck, duck, go. Yeah. Duck, duck, goose is trying to, to ride on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Duck, duck, go. Mm-hmm. For all of your Middle Eastern arms dealing needs. That's right. If you need to know what the war is really like in another country, you duck, duck, go it. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Okay, fair enough. I like <laughs> it. So, Chad. Yes. If you didn't notice, mm-hmm. we uh, we had a, a show a week for the past two weeks. I did notice. I hoped you would. I feel I'm getting a little um, vocal strain. Oh, are you talking too much? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll live with it. I got some ludens. <laughs> Fisherman's friend. Mm-hmm. I like to take one early in the morning when I go out into the pirate ghost fog. Before I know I'm going to catch <laughs> fish sticks. Mmm. Yummy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, it, it, if your voice is strained, I can see if we can get Letus in as an alternate co-host it's fine i think we should probably bring him in anyway but anyway yeah uh i think it is time for everyone's favorite uh part of the show the peril news stories wait what you can't say that oh <laughs> yes the peril news stories easy, easy, easy. Easy. i will let you kick it off chad no okay well you like ufos don't you chris hey I think it's a very much a coincidence that you are talking about liking UFOs. Yes, I do. Oh, good. Well, I was thinking about UFOs today and yesterday and day before that. And uh, the Pentagon is actually launching a new task force to investigate UFO sightings. Well, I thought they were already doing that and then somehow it'd be connected to Space Force. But uh, a story by Paul Seaburn on Mysterious Universe Actually, the title of it is that Pentagon is launching a new task force to investigate UFO sightings. Then he puts again. <laughs> well, he puts uh, it's August, which means it's time for a monthly update to the seemingly never ending saga of UFOs. The Pentagon, the New York Times and Tom DeLong and the U.S. Senate uh, this month focus. The focus is on the Pentagon, which announced it is setting up a task force to investigate UFO sightings, both in and out of the military. Feel free to insert your wait a minute. Don't they already have one here? Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I guess that we need a more involved 
Task Force. Says the Deputy Secretary of Defense, David Norquist, will help oversee the task force, which is expected to be officially unveiled in the next few days. According to the officials, previous efforts to look into what the Pentagon dubs unidentified aerial phenomena were led by the U.S. Navy as many of the documented encounters involved their aircraft. Says, uh, credit CNN with breaking this story, and no other media sources seem to have anything more to say. CNN itself had no additional clarification or comments from the Department of Defense, nor Deputy Secretary Norquist, nor the two unnamed sources, nor anybody knew. All it had was a rehash of the various blockbuster announcements of the past two going on three How Time Flies years about the Navy UFO videos and the back and forth on the existence of the Classified Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or TIP, or the AATIP. It was begun in 2007 by the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, secretly funded by Congress until 2012, and then secretly operated without funding ever since. It says, then a Senate committee hearing in June of 2020 revealed the existence of the unclassified but still hush-hush an identified aerial phenomena task force as successor to AATIP and the New York Times article covering it had quotes about off-world vehicles not made on this earth and quote actual materials end of quote from these quote off-world vehicles end of quote in government possession which was almost immediately walked back by the authors of the article in Harry Reid. Which brings us to the latest announcement from what little was in the CNN article. It seems to imply that this is a different task force than the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force because it's under the Department of Defense rather than the Office of Naval Intelligence. Both report directly to the president under separate directors. Seems like there should be just one task force, doesn't it? That makes too much sense when you're dealing with the U.S. government and the U.S. military. Uh, This seems to be turning from a potential chance that we'll finally have some disclosure on UFOs, UAPs, and ETs to a ball of confusion or the Keystone Cops or cover-up. All we can do is keep waiting and pointing out the obvious. We ain't seen nothing yet. And then they said, quoted from Bachman-Turner, Overdrive. So there you go. They're still talking about finding out what's going on with UFOs exciting in a public here's what we found out kind of way <laughs> well that's the better best way to do it well you know your alien lizard overlords yes i for one fully welcome our alien overlords due to an inclining overpopulation we're going to start eating people we just wanted you to know robert england likes mice <laughs> he does but then again so did diana that's true and she liked microwave pool boys if i remember correctly <laughs> all right yeah well hey chad yes sir carrying on uh with from your story i yeah. have one here also from mr paul seaburn on mm-hmm. universe another ufo and strange noises reported in bariso argentina 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 Mm-hmm. Argentina is known to be a hotbed of UFO activity, and Bariso on the Atlantic coast across the river from Uruguay is a hot spot in the Buenos Aires province. 
As in many other countries, officials are slow to respond to sightings and many questions remain unanswered. That's why a recent report of mysterious loud noises and a UFO in Bariso on August 10th of this year was kept anonymous. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, was kept anonymous by the ufocommunity.com website. Will this be the one that finally opens the disclosure door in Argentina? Will it? I am from Bariso, province of Buenos Aires, Argentina. And like many of the city's residents, I woke up shortly after one in the morning to a strange sound. At first, I thought it was a car waiting to enter your house. <laughs> or the exit of a neighbor. <laughs> How often do people have a car waiting to enter the house? <laughs> I think there's a DUI involved, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that doesn't sound too mysterious or UFO related. And the witness agreed at first. The noise <laughs> continued and, quote, it was annoying enough not to let me sleep more than five minutes at a time. The witness, who the website says is a neighbor, went out on her balcony and determined the annoying sound was not from a storm, but appeared to be coming from a vacant lot next to the Bariso Park Cemetery. However, before she could better identify it, the sky revealed something new, Chad. Oh, did it? She says, behind the clouds but perfect oval light blue and bright. I never oh, felt Lord. anything like it. <laughs> a cold ran through my body from end to point entering. What? I I'm guessing that English is not their first language. Uh, a cold ran through my body from end to point entering the back of my neck. And I had the exact sensation that somebody, they saw me too. Oh, Okay. During the time that they were suspended in the sky, I couldn't move to look for the cell phone or anything. It was like I got paralyzed. Never in my life have I felt so observed. I feel like you're reading the Middle Eastern Bigfoot story all over again. <laughs> it could be. His uh... hands are black, but don't be negative with hands black and look at them. Yes. Or however that went. All your bases. Uh, belong to us. Belong to us. Mm -hmm. No photos or video from this witness, but local social media reports indicate others in Bariso heard the noise and posted a recording. This is not the first time strange noises have been heard in Bariso. The site Info Bariso interviewed Diego Bagu, the director of the UNLP Planetarium, in May about another incident. And he had this to say. I cannot say what it is because we do not know for sure what causes it. I've seen videos and it really is very eye-catching. There is a consensus from the scientific point of view that these sounds come from the atmosphere. Pressure changes are taking place in the upper atmosphere and this produces large volumes of gas that move generating a sound. But we do not know for sure what it is. <laughs> there are some ideas, but we are not clear about what causes it. So there is enough to study in that case. So I think the takeaway from that paragraph is they don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did um, Diego, did he promote his, um, his new spaghetti sauce he's trying to sell? No, Chad. <laughs> what is it? 
it's just I figured it was Diego Bagu spaghetti sauce. I didn't know. Oh, uh, maybe some Argentinian spaghetti sauce. Oh, uh, so uh, it seems to be a good idea to keep an eye on the skies and an ear to the ground in Barizo, Argentina, and or Argentina even. Yeah, which one? Especially when concerned witnesses say the sensation of feeling exposed and observed as if behind my back something was going through my house at the same time that my memories still did not go away. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know if anyone else saw it. I think so because it was very evident. Now I don't even dare to go onto the balcony. Sounds like you're reading dialogue from a Japanese NES ROM that they've translated into English so you can play it. It's like any of the uh, anything you get that has the instruction manual that was uh, originally in Chinese that was translated. Yeah, and they just did the literal translation instead of well, let's paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Like those uh, Chinese swimming pools that are real cheap, and they tell you not to put your dick into the fil- intake on the filter. Well, I mean that's good advice. Do not man in filter hole; we'll injure. <laughs> yes. So maybe. Baby plastic bag is bad. UFOs. It, it is. UFOs. Creepy. Make my neck feel like someone staring at it back from side. <laughs> it's like Yoda was was reading in a foreign mm-hmm. language and they translated it. <laughs> Mandalorian saved me, he did. When baby I was. Hey, we got that coming up in about a, what, month? Yeah. More Mandalorian. More Mandalorian. Apparently they're uh, trying to save Star Wars still. So we'll see what happens. Well, so far that's the only bright light in the whole Star Wars universe lately. Oh, now they're talking about sneaking George Lucas back in there to fix that. uh, Oh, why? We need more CGI, that's why. Well, yeah. You can't have hand puppets and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a Grand Moff Tarkin puppet for Rogue One, fix that scene. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what Star Wars has a lot of, Chad? Um, unnecessary uh, dialogue. Spaceships. Uh, that's right, it does. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, there's kind of a theme to the show. Star Wars? Well, that's almost every show we do. But oh, no, UFOs? UFOs, spaceships and whatnot. Yeah, are we going to talk about UFOs then? Also, the main story for uh, this show. UFOs and gold. And this one kind of hits close to home. Mm-hmm. Chad, did you know in 1948... 1948? In the- <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's not the same if it doesn't start with 18. I know. But there were uh, there were three major UFO incidents in 1948. Trace? Trace. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Child's Witted UFO encounter. Okay. It was okay. in Alabama. That one was a couple of a commercial airline pilots saw a glowing object past their uh, pl- their plane, aircraft, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, and then went up into the clouds. Mm. That one they tried to say was a meteor, but I don't know if I... I don't know about you, but I've never seen a meteor that kind of went straight and it veered up. No, I don't think that's usually no. how they work. No. Or they don't send people in space to blow them up or exactly. asteroids or any of that stuff. Well, the uh, the next one, the Gorman dogfight. Okay. 
That was October 1st in 1948 in North Dakota. Huh. That was where a pilot uh, was flying, and he saw a ball of light, and he decided to chase it, but he couldn't keep up with it. And they kind of flew back and forth at each other a few times before that one just did the same thing and just shot up in the sky and was gone. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. But the one we're going to talk about tonight, Chad. Yes. Kentucky. Uh-oh. The Mantell UFO incident. Oh, I'm heard of this one. I would hope. Wasn't too far from where I used to live. Since you're the one that gave me the idea to do this. Oh, that's that's right. I did. did. <laughs> Broke the illusion. So uh, for the story itself, this is what comes off of uh, Wikipedia about the uh, the incident. Okay. Seems uh, Thomas Mantell was an experienced pilot. His flight history consisted of 2,167 hours of flying time, and he had been honored for his part in the Battle of Normandy during World War II. But on January 7th of 1948, at Godman Army Airfield at Fort Knox, Kentucky, they received a report from the Kentucky Highway Patrol of an unusual aerial object near Madisonville, Kentucky. Reports of a westbound circular object 250 to 300 feet in diameter were received from Owensboro and Irvington. Mm -hmm. At about 1.45 p.m., Sergeant Quentin Blackwell saw an object from his position in the control tower at Fort Knox. Two other witnesses in the tower also reported a white object in the distance. Colonel Guy Hicks, the base commander, reported an object described as very white and about one-fourth the size of the full moon. Through binoculars, it appeared to have a red border at the bottom. Or some No wine before it's time. No. It remained stationary, seemingly for one and a half hours. Just sat there. Hmm. Hovered. Observers at Clinton County Army Airfield in Ohio described the object as having the appearance of a flaming red cone trailing a gaseous green mist. Well. Sounds like taco night. (laughs) And they observed the object for around 35 minutes. Another observer at Lockburn Army Airfield in Ohio noted, just before leaving, it came very near to the ground, staying down for around 10 seconds, then climbed at a very fast rate back to its original altitude. 10,000 feet, leveling off and disappearing into the overcast, heading 120 degrees. Its speed was greater than 500 miles per hour in level flight. The hell you say? (laughs) Nice. Four F-51D Mustangs of C-Flight, 165th Fighter Squadron Kentucky Air National Guard, one piloted by Mantell, were already in the air and told to approach the object. Blackwell was in radio communication with the pilots throughout the event. One pilot's Mustang was low on fuel, and he quickly returned to base. Rupel... Oh, what is that? Rupelt. Rupal. Rupelt notes that there was some disagreement amongst the air traffic controllers as to Mantell's words as he communicated with the tower. Some sources reported that Mantell had described an object which looks like metallic and of tremendous size. But according to Rupelt, others disputed whether or not Mantell actually said this. Mm -hmm. 
The other two pilots accompanied Mantell in steep pursuit of the object. They later reported they saw an object, but described it as so small and indistinct that they could not identify it. Mantell ignored suggestions that the pilot should leave their altitude and try to more clearly see said object. One of Mantell's wingmen, Lieutenant Albert Clements, had an oxygen mask, and his oxygen, his oxygen was low in supply. Clements and the third pilot, Lieutenant Hammond, called off their pursuit at 22,500 feet. But Mantell continued to climb. According to the Air Force, once Mantell passed 2,500 feet, he blacked out from the lack of oxygen, and his plane began spiraling back towards the ground. A witness later reported Mantell's Mustang in a circling descent. His plane crashed on a farm south of Franklin, Kentucky, on the Kentucky-Tennessee state line. Mm-hmm. Fireman later pulled Mantell's body from the Mustang's wreckage. His seatbelt was shredded, and his wristwatch had stopped at 3.18 p.m., the time of his crash. Meanwhile, by 3.50 p.m., the UFO was no longer visible to observers at Godman Army Airfield. The Mantell incident was reported by newspapers around the nation and received significant news media attention. A number of sensational rumors were also circulated about Mantell's crash. According to UFO historian Curtis Peebles, among the rumors were claims that the flying saucer was a Soviet missile, it was an alien spacecraft that shot down Mantell's fighter when it got too close, Captain Mantell's body was found riddled with bullets, the body was missing, the plane had completely disintegrated in the air, and the wreckage was radioactive. However, no evidence has ever surfaced to substantiate any of those claims, and Air Force investigations significantly refuted some claims, such as the supposedly radioactive wreckage. Captain Ruppelt wrote that I had always heard a lot of wild speculation about the condition of Mantel's crashed F-51. So I wired for a copy of the accident report. It said that Mantel's body had not burned, not disintegrated, and was not full of holes. The wreck was not radioactive, nor was it magnetized. Mantell was the first member of the Kentucky Air National Guard to die in flight. According to John Trowbridge, historian of the Kentucky National Guard, there is a real X-Files twist to this, too. Mantell lived almost in his entire life in Louisville, but he was born in a hospital in Franklin, only a few miles from where he was killed. Well, it's... Um... It's a very famous story, and I've had always heard that uh, he was shot down by oh, the did alien craft. Uh huh. Oh, okay. I wasn't there, but <laughs> most of the versions of the story I've heard is that his plane was uh, shot down. Oh, adds a little bit of uh, sauce to the story. Yeah. And um, Irvington, the one of the cities that we're talking about, the sighting had come from. I lived in Brandenburg, and so that's like right off the river. Irvington was actually only, it's about a 10-minute drive from my house when I lived uh-huh. in Brandenburg. So it wasn't that far away. And there's always a lot of weird stuff in the skies that people, you know, seem to see around that area. And then if you go right across the bridge, you're in Indiana, you're heading towards uh, like Mockport, little areas right there. And then you're heading towards Corden. And my mom used to work over in, in uh, Hard Memorial Hospital. 
and she would drive that that 10 or 15 minute drive well it's more like 15 to cordon and they had all kinds of stories about stuff they'd see in the sky one lady she worked with uh claimed that a ufo had followed hover hovered above her car when she was driving back from indiana one night oh nice Mm-hmm. but uh yeah and then i guess what uh i was probably 25 maybe i was working for a person I knew there in Brandenburg part-time at a liquor store he owned. And uh, we got done working around 11. I got home probably about one o'clock after we cleaned up and everything. And I just drove home and I uh, went back out on the back deck. It was a real nice night. And we don't have much uh, light pollution out there. And uh, I was looking off kind of towards the, there's an Olin chemical plant that sets not too far off of 1638, which if you take that, you're driving towards like the Fort, the Fort Knox has woods and stuff in that area. And then if you take a right, you can actually drive right past the Fort Knox gold vault on Dixie highway. And I was looking kind of towards the only chemical plant area. And there was this thing in the sky that it looked like a big orange cigar, hot dog, whatever you want to call it. It was huge. The cigar hot dog. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it was it was going from it was kind of going towards the bridge kind of area, and uh, we see a lot of planes and stuff coming from Louisville, and you see helicopters from Fort Knox and stuff all the time. So I I thought it looked odd. It was out of place, and uh, it flew around. It like kind of hovered, and then it flew towards the bridge, and it was going kind of slow. And all of a sudden, well, I actually my grandfather was at the house that I was living at the time where I was staying at my grandparents' house. And uh, my grandpa got up and he was going to the bathroom. I said, Grandpa, come out here on the porch and look at this. And he came outside. He was still able to walk around pretty decent at that time, but his knees and stuff had been acting up. But he came outside and he watched it for a couple minutes with me. And all of a sudden, it popped almost like a like a balloon does or no, it's more like a bubble. Like when you see those people make those giant soap bubbles and then like if it breaks on one end, it kind of looks like it, you know, disintegrates from that end towards right. The, when they do the slow-mo video of it and yeah. you can see it kind of start on one end and it just follows the, the outline of the, of the bubble. It disappeared a lot like that. And um, it, it, I mean, it looked pretty solid. It was orange. And after it did that about, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe all these planes came in these jet planes from Fort Knox, military jets They come in and they circled the area for a little while. And then they finally left and went back towards the base. So, you know, I haven't seen a couple, couple things out there pretty weird, but that's probably the strangest thing I've ever seen this guy. Well, you know, Chad, they say if you see one, it means you've been abducted. Probably. I've not seen one. I didn't have any butt pain the next day, so I don't know. That's good. No butt pain. That's always a good thing. Yeah, you don't want without butt pain. I know. (laughs) Wake up with a headache and your butt hurts. You never know what happened. No, the the strangest thing I've ever seen in the sky was, uh, oh, here a couple months ago, I actually saw a trail of whatever that is, the Elon Musk, Uh, the whatever those satellites that he launches. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget yep. what Starlink or whatever they're called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I actually, we saw those one night. 
Well, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder how many times now, too, that people have thought they've seen a UFO because of all the drones that are out there with the marker lights and stuff on them. True. Because they, I mean, they make noise, but if they're far enough away, you can't hear them. If they're well, and it's just other things, too, like the, the space station and everything. You know, if, if you're out there on any given night and you happen to look up and see it, and you don't know what's going on. I mean, you could, you could obviously think that was something. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I mean, we've had the the uh, Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin stuff. I mean, it's not like Kentucky's devoid of a lot of UFO extraterrestrial kind of stuff either. So they see a lot of things around here. Yeah, Kentucky does have a lot of stuff going on. They do. If it's not Dogman or Bigfoot or bears now, because apparently the bears are wandering back in. Yeah, I've heard that. And uh, UFOs and... But, you know, I, this doesn't have anything to do with UFOs, but something funny, my grandpa, when they moved to uh, Brandenburg back in the 50s, and he was he was from Illinois originally, but he was posted on Fort Knox. And he said they used to see a lot of weird stuff out there around the base, those woods and stuff. He said there were little bears that used to be out there they'd see all the time. And he said they just looked like little, like smaller than average brown bears. And they see them a lot of places out there. And he's like, I, we just, we saw them there when we were doing stuff around the woods and stuff around the base. And then we just stopped seeing them. So who knows what's out there. Weird. Yeah. Kentucky. It's got a lot of weird stuff. Look it up. You haven't heard us talk about it on the show. And you're listening to one right now. (laughs) And you've just heard one right now. (laughs) Oh, what was it? Was it Monster X? Was that Monster that X? Uh-huh. There's a new show with William Shatner. He's kind of doing a, oh, in search of, but not, that's a William Shatner based one. You know, he's like 90 years old. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about stuff. And I think it still comes on, might be a History Channel show, but I watched, uh, they've done a couple seasons. And I've watched it. It's called Unexplained with a big X. Oh. Unexplained. And uh, it's not too bad. Oh, good old shows. Before everything went, we're just trying to make a buck. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they were still trying to make a buck, but now it seems like it's worse than ever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, there's my UFO story to throw in on top of that. Well, good deal. Yeah, that's the only real, I don't know, I guess UFO actually something weird in the sky experience I've had that wasn't just like a little blinky light or a Kim trail or <laughs> something just looked weird. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Now, Chad, if, if you wanted to go someplace to see something weird, do you know where oh, you'd go? Tijuana. Quite possibly, yes. Probably have but, a doctor involved. Do you know where you could go? It was a little bit more convenient. Gee, would it be our website? Yeah, paronormalguys.com. And there's all kinds of information about that right now, Chad, because, uh, by the time this show drops, everything should be good to go. But I have been kind of giving the site an overhaul this week. Uh-huh. And one thing to kind of put out there for everybody is people listen to podcasts on a blue million different types of devices and apps and everything. True. If you are a regular listener to Pair O Normal Guys and you listen to us where we housed, and that is past tense. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, the podcast on uh, SoundCloud. 
uh, as of about Friday, which would make that what the 21st of August. Sure. Uh, that one's going to go dark because we are switching over to Podbean. So up until then, it'll work. We're just leaving that active for anybody that needs to know and switch over. Okay. But that will that will be the new housing of the podcast. Now, uh, if you go to paranormalguys.com, nothing will change. That's still the same old thing. It's just going to look a little better. Mm-hmm. Streamlined, nicer, prettier. Up a little bit, put a little wax yeah. on it. Exactly. Spit shined like, it. Yep. Make it noise. Right. So, uh, and that shouldn't change for anything like Blueberry, Apple Podcasts, anything like that. That should all fall into place just nicely. So go to the website, listen to the show. There is a link on there to where you can send us an email, mm-hmm. some stories and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. We can probably send something through the hotline too, right? Right. So if you want to email us, <laughs> that's the guys at paronormalguys.com. And as Chad said, we also have the Pong hotline. That you can call and leave a voicemail of a story. Chad likes to hear stories. I do. I love stories. You haven't got and that. Is 502-230-7656. Mm-hmm. Call and leave a message. Let us know some interesting stuff. Do it. Do it. And then as always, we're still on Instagram. Just Paranormal Guys. You can find us on Facebook at just type in Paranormal Guys. You'll find us. And while you're over on our Facebook page, check out one Mr. William Blanchard's Facebook page. He is the gentleman that supplies all of the music we use on Paranormal Guys. Musical genius. <laughs> he is. Uh, and his Facebook page is William Blanchard Soundtrack. There is another way you can connect with uh, Mr. Blanchard I just found out about. He has redone his website to where you can go and purchase a lot of his awesome music like the song we use for the show is uh eye of the storm Mm -hmm. and that is william blanchard music.com i I was kind of messaging him back and forth when i was telling him we were kind of redoing the site and everything and asked him what links he wanted me to put up for him and once i he told me i went and checked out his site and on the on the music we use for the paro news story show uh huh. For the icon for it, he has our screenshot, like uh, what we use for the show. Oh, nice! And it says uh, "used used as the theme song for the famous Paranormal Guys podcast." And I sent him a message, and I said, "I don't know about famous on there." But <laughs> you know better. We're infamous. He thought that was pretty funny, though. Nice. So yeah, all those good ways you can find us. Find uh, Mr. Blanchard's stuff. He does some. He does some really good music. He does. His stuff's cool. I enjoy Showing it. Some support. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another sir. show wrapped up. Another one in the bag, as they say. Can't I can't take that though. That's the carpet bagger that goes around to places. He's like, <laughs> here's another one in the bag. He went to the uh, International Paranormal Museum a couple of years ago and did a video there. Oh, I think I did see that. I didn't realize that was what I was watching, but yeah, I think I do remember seeing that. I shared it on our uh, Facebook page. Maybe that's where I saw it. Probably. (laughs) All right, sir. 
yes, until then, have a paranormal week. I didn't know that you were in the circus tonight. <laughs> <laughs>